I've seen so many people tell me, oh, you'll only lose weight if you go keto or you have to cut out dairy or you have to cut out carbs or you have to cut out sugar altogether. And I eat dairy every day. I eat carbs every day. I eat gluten every day. Every day this week, I've had a sandwich for lunch. <laughs> everything, everything diets tell you you can't eat. Right. This is super important for people to understand is that the internet makes you feel like because you have something like PCOS or hyperthyroidism that you're absolutely fucked and you can't lose weight and you must do something fucking extreme, which is absolute trash advice. And this... Mm -hmm you know, literally makes people feel like they're fucking helpless. Um, and here you are that actually has PCOS. You are doing the thing and getting the results because you're being fucking consistent. Welcome to Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt, the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Are you ready to cut the crap with your diet and exercise, get strong as fuck and build a healthy relationship with food? Then you've come to the right place. Let's, Let's go. go. If you'd like to support us in the podcast, join our Patreon where you get exclusive content, which consists of monthly workouts you can do at home or at the gym, monthly challenges that are either strength, habit, or mindset-based, and access to over 100-plus low-calorie, high-protein, family-friendly meals. These are all designed by a professional chef who is certified in nutrition. These recipes are already in my fitness pal for easy fucking tracking. New recipes are also added each week. We believe that fitness is for everyone. So this is our way of getting you started on your health and fitness journey at a price most everyone can afford. So what the fuck are you waiting for? We'll see you in the Patreon. Hello. Erica. Hi, Erica. Hi. We are, we are so fucking excited to chat with you today, Erica. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, man. I... <laughs> I tried to sleep in because I took the day off because right now it's in the middle of my work day. But my body was like, nope, we're doing this today. And it decided to wake me up at 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of anticipation there, the excitedness. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're equally as excited. Um, yeah. This is something we, we've, we've been looking forward to a while, especially with you. I know earlier this year um, on the podcast, right, we were talking about how we want to just get start getting more real people on mm -hmm. the podcast. And Erica, we are incredibly honored that you're our first guest listener on the on the podcast and um, just ready to dive into that. Mm -hmm. And it's exciting when you guys invited me on. It was January and I was down, what, 72 pounds, 70, 72, and now I'm down... 88. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's incredible. I was just about to hit 90. Mm -hmm. So my lowest adult weight is 220. That's what I graduated high school at at 17. And I was at 220.2 this weekend. But then Mother Nature decided that I'm a woman and I shouldn't get too excited about being down 90 because <laughs> boom, Mother Nature came. Yeah. And mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> gotcha say no more <laughs> so this this is an awesome opportunity to have you introduce yourself and tell us how like your story and how you found maybe me and matt and how the your journey started yeah so i'm erica i'm 34 from california live in colorado now so i've always been a yo-yo dieter i started out real young going with my mom to weight watchers meetings jenny craig meetings and I've just always been heavier. Um, it got worse as I aged and I developed PCOS after puberty and 
I went through a lot of traumatic things and food was my comfort and my number one self-harm method. My mom passed in October, 2020. And I was going through the depression, losing her because I was her full-time caregiver because she had a whole host of health issues, mostly stemming from her obesity. Um, But losing her was a big, like, breaking point for me. And I had a former friend, um, at this point we were still friends, but she was trying to become a TikTok creator. And she was like, oh, I'm not going to make you buy anything. You don't have to send me money. Just download the app and watch my videos and like them and whatever. And I told her I was too old for TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure me and Matt have said that. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. We've heard that too. Yes. I was like, whatever, Uh I'll do it for you. And so I downloaded it for her. And then my mom died and we stopped being friends because she basically told me that I should be over it. Like two days after my mom died, she didn't know why I was still upset and crying. So she wasn't supportive of you whatsoever. Right. And so I just stopped talking to her, but I was still on TikTok because by that point I was just addicted to the scrolling, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I was on my for you page and one of Beth's videos popped up. It was just eat the fucking fruit. Okay. Yes. Instant follow instant. heart. (laughs) Like, yes, I can get behind this because I've been through so many shitty diets and the main one that ruined my relationship with food was Trim Healthy Mama, which I've talked to Matt about. Mm. And their big thing was you couldn't have a lot of fruit. Like I could only have a half a banana because a whole banana was too much sugar. And it wasn't the calories that made you fat. It was the sugar that made you fat. Mm -hmm. Now that I know better, it's like, yeah, no one got fat from eating a whole banana instead of a half a banana. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Then I followed you on Instagram because even then I was more on Instagram than I am on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I saw you posting about the podcast. You had already started the podcast when I found you. And so I started listening. And for the first few months after my mom died, I didn't take care of myself. I didn't clean my house. I didn't do anything, but I would work and I would go to sleep and I would shovel food in my mouth. And then I would repeat the process. And so I was like, okay, I need to get my shit back together. And when I started listening, I was thinking of going back to Term Healthy Mama because as shitty as it was and as bad as it made my relationship with food, I lost 60 pounds in five months. So it worked for me. But then I started listening to the podcast. And at that time, I wasn't doing anything. I was just listening. I was listening while I was cleaning my house. And I don't know what episode it was, but you were like, if it didn't work in the past, what's going to make it work now? And I'm like, oh, shit, (laughs) that's what I need to hear. And so I was like, "Okay, I need to figure out what's going to work for me because Trim Healthy Mama, if it worked, I wouldn't have stopped because, yes, I I lost the weight very fast and it was super awesome. But as soon as you go off track the weight's just going to come back on because it's just a bad diet. Right. Like I didn't change my habits. I didn't change my mental self. So it wasn't sustainable. 
And then I listened to the podcast and I started implementing baby steps. And here I am. Here you are. <laughs> Over baby a year steps. later, down almost 90 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Can we everyone give Erica a fucking hell yeah right now? Hell I mean, yeah. Fucking hell yes. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that is absolutely fucking incredible. And I'm like in awe of you, honestly. That's fucking amazing. I agree. And so you've been working at this for about a little over a year now. Was there, was, was there like, I wasn't implementing the steps, but January of last year is when I started listening. Okay. Around May, June is when I started like actually taking the steps. Mm-hmm. And so like the first thing I did was you guys were like, just do a five minute walk, just do mm-hmm. a five minute walk. And I was like, okay, I can do a five minute walk. And as it turns out, that was hell for me (laughs) because I was so overweight. I was so out of shape that it, by the time I was done with the five minute walk, I was out of breath. My chest was heaving. My back was on fire. My feet were on fire. I was at a point where I could lay in bed at night and my heart would just be racing from, from nothing. And so even that five minute walk was instrumental. And I did that for, I don't even know, I want to say like two or three weeks. And then I wasn't even paying attention to my step count. I was just timing it for five minutes. And then I did 10 minutes and then I did 15 minutes. And then I started wearing my Apple watch. And then I started getting 4,000 steps a day. And then I did that for like two or three weeks. Then I went up to seven and a half thousand steps a day. Then I went up to eight and a half thousand steps a day. And then I went up to 10,000 steps a day. And now a lot of the times I get like 12 to 15,000. Some days I'll get like 25,000 just because I enjoy walking. You're a madman. And now, do you just say you enjoy walking? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And that's, that's all I did. You went from not being able to walk for five minutes without right. feeling like hell to smashing 12,000 steps a day and yeah. over a course of a year, slowly, gradually yeah. doing the things we talk about. Yeah. You you weren't able to do 10 minute walks like we talk about. So what do we say? You do something that, you know, just do fucking something. And that's what you did. Exactly. And then, you know, I, as I got better with walking, then I was like, okay, I'm done with walking. What can I do next? Mm-hmm. Like I've got walking down. What's next? You were mastering the habits one at a time. All yeah. right. And so then the next thing I worked on was sleep because I was like, what, what's going to make the biggest impact for me? And for me, it was sleep because I would have insomnia or I would, it would take me like two or three hours to fall asleep. And then I'd get shitty sleep. And then I knew I needed to work on the sleep before I started adding in exercise because That was only going to exhaust me more. (laughs) And so I started waking up at the same time every day. And then I went, I did that for like a month. And then I went to bed at the same time every day. And I slowly started a wind down routine to where now I'm getting eight and a half to nine hours of sleep every night. (laughs) That's incredible. Wow. And you were just doing a few hours before that? Yep. I was getting maybe four Four hours was a good day of sleep for me. When you went to and you improved your sleep quality, the amount of sleep that you were getting, what kind of changes did you did you experience in your life there? Oh, man, everything. I had more energy. I was happier. I was nicer. 
I'm a total fucking bitch to everyone. <laughs> just, some, just, just sometimes we're allow, we allow ourselves that. <laughs> the only bad thing with that was, is I realized that my coffee habit was affecting my sleep oh. because it was giving me anxiety attacks, which was making me stay up. So the only thing I've given up food or drink wise has been coffee, which has been all together. Yep. All together. Wow. Like, I I'm kind of torn between wanting to try decaf, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's worth the risk to me because I sleep so good now. Mm-hmm. I'm so good at everything else now. I don't know. Like, do I miss it enough to try it and have it fuck something up? And then after I did the sleep, I would wake up and I didn't need a nap in the middle of the day. And I had more energy to go on further walks. I had more energy to start implementing lifting weights. I had more energy to track my food. That was the third thing. Okay. Did you notice when you started working on improving your sleep hygiene, did you notice the relationship with food that you have and like maybe cravings? Did you notice any changes? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I noticed that if I don't get enough sleep, I wasn't making the best choices in the Mm -hmm. morning. Mm -hmm. And then if I don't make the good choices in the morning, I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to get the super highly processed foods that are high calorie, high sugar, Mm -hmm. high everything. We're not, we're not craving nutritious foods when we don't get a good night's sleep. I would go to the store. And one thing I did after a few months of tracking my food is I tracked how much I was eating when I would overeat. And I was eating on the weekends. 20,000 calories. I mean, that's insane to think about. But at the time, it was just what I wanted. It was fast. It was simple. It was convenient. It was a lot of junk food, a lot of sugar, a lot of carbs. And sleeping better made me want to eat better because I had more energy. And even if I ate those highly processed foods, I would notice how sluggish I would get. And so then I started tracking my food. At first, I didn't change anything that I ate. I just started weighing it on the scale in grams Mm -hmm. (laughs) and tracking it and lose it. And that was a big eye opener to me because I always thought, oh, I was good during the week. And then Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I would be, oh, I've been good all week. I can blow the calories, forget weighing anything, forget eating good. I'm just going to eat what I want because I restricted all week. I was good all week. And I, I thought I was eating 12 to 1400 calories. And of course I was not, I, I was just made a video on that. Pounds. <laughs> I was <laughs> obviously not eating that amount of calories, but when I started weighing my food, I honestly changed that one pretty fast because not changing my food and just weighing what I used to eat was a huge eye opener because I would, I was eating things that people think are healthy. Like I was having salad, I was having a vegetable, a protein and a carb at dinner. I wasn't eating breakfast just because I wasn't sleeping great still at like previously. And so I wanted more sleep instead of eating. (laughs) And so I remember the first day I weighed out my salad and I was like, oh, this is nice. And 
I was new to it. So I was weighing everything. I was weighing my spinach. I was weighing my romaine. Like I just needed to get in the habit of weighing everything at that point. Sure. And I was like, oh, this is only like a hundred calories. Is that it? And then I brought out my ranch dressing. Ah, the ranch. (laughs) Brought the good old ranch. I mean. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to weigh it. I'm just going to eyeball it to be what I normally use. And I did that. And it came up that that was 800 calories worth of ranch. Wow. (laughs) Wow, girl. And just the dressing. Yeah. And I was like, well, holy shit. No wonder I'm so fucking fat. Uh, You know, whoever's listening to this episode when it comes out is going to learn a lot. (laughs) Seriously. Because this is the stuff that we tell people, but they were like, no, there's no way. But we we have a real live person that is going through it that did it. And awareness is key. And it really all starts there. Most people are just not aware. Like you just weren't aware. And then you started making those changes and weighing and measuring the ranch. And now you're like, holy fuck, I was eating 800 (laughs) fucking calories of ranch. Um, People just don't understand like things like that make a big fucking difference. If you just were to change the 800 calories of ranch a day, you would be in a deficit. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, And like I was eating that sometimes twice a day because if I didn't want a cooked vegetable with dinner, I would just, oh, I'll have another salad. I like salad. But Mm -hmm. again, I was eating all that ranch dressing. So Mm -hmm. Two servings of ranch, that's 1,600 calories right there. Right. <laughs> Question for you on that, Erica. Did you, before kind of starting to raise this awareness and start to log your food like that, did you have this conception in your head that the amount of food that you ate, like how much it weighed, impacted like your weight in terms of instead of the calories, right? Because you're if you're eating a salad and, and some dressing, that's that doesn't weigh a lot of food, right? So you might be thinking like, oh, I'm, this, this isn't a lot of food. I'm, I'm not even eating that much, right? Like I saw that the label said, you know, two tablespoons or whatever, but I thought, oh, this, this has to be two tablespoons. Right. And obviously (laughs) it was more like 22 tablespoons. (laughs) (laughs) Two. Okay. 22, maybe not so much. Oh yeah. I mean, we're human. I even do that as a, as a fucking nutrition coach in my own calorie deficit. So it's like, imagine someone else. It's like, we're human. We do this. It's like, I'll have like, oh, let me weigh some almonds. And as I'm weighing the almonds, I'm fucking eating them. So, you know, just like those videos you see, like they're weighing the chip and then they're eating the chip. It's like, that's what people fucking do. And it doesn't mean like you're a bad person. It's just, you're human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the other big one for me. It was nuts because I love Mm -hmm. nuts and man, do those suckers have a lot of calories. It's not fair. It's kind of fucking yeah, weird. It's not even, I can't buy them. Um, I have, I'm one of those like people that can't stop eating nuts. So it's one of my, it's one of my trigger foods that I don't keep in the house necessarily. My grocery store sells like the 100 calorie bags mm-hmm. of pistachios. And so I'll get those instead. That way, I know it's 100 calories. I'm only going to get the one little bag. That way I can eat them. And when they're gone, there's no more. Right. That's an example of mindfulness right there. So you're right. you're implementing some mindfulness by using the pre-portioned servings. And you're like, I know this is all I need. And and you're listening to your body and, and you're preparing yourself to be successful in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other food thing I've slowly overcome is when I first started, I was like, okay, anything that I'm going to feel overwhelmed with that I'm going to want to binge on or overeat or just eat until it's gone, I got to keep out of my house. So for me, that was ice cream, peanut butter, and Nutella Mm -hmm. because Nutella, I would just eat by the spoonful until the jar was gone. Peanut butter, (laughs) peanut butter, I would dump out into a bowl. 
I would sprinkle chocolate chips on it. And then I would add maple syrup on top of it and not the sugar-free maple syrup, the regular maple syrup. I would mix it up and then I would just eat it with a spoon or like ice cream. I would go get a pint of Ben and Jerry's and I would, honestly, I would get two pints and I would eat both pints in one sitting. Or the other thing I would do is like, you see on Instagram, all these people posting all the fancy recipes all the time. And so I would try to do that and it just didn't work for me. And so now I eat the same things every single day. I talked to my landlady once and she invited me out to breakfast and I go, oh no, I've got my oatmeal at home. I don't want to. And that was a big mind shift for me too, is I can have it if I want to, but now that I'm not restricting myself, I'm just choosing not to have it. In October, when you did that candy challenge, I did the candy challenge. And by like the 20th of October, I threw out the candy because I was sick of it. Yeah. Then yeah. that's the whole point of the challenge, too. I, I was the same way. By the week two, I'm like, I'm fucking done. I don't even want any candy anymore. <laughs> and <laughs> I can tell the people that have been around me since I was on my restrictive diets because we'll go out once a month or so in the summer uh, as like a ladies day, we'll go shopping and then we'll go out to lunch and they're like, oh, Erica, what can you have here? I go, I can eat anything I want. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Not on a diet. <laughs> and at first they were like, okay, whatever. Cause at that time I hadn't lost a bunch of weight just yet. And then now they see me once a month and they're like, holy shit, what are you doing? I go, I told you I'm not restricting. And now I'm able to have those trigger foods in my house. Like February 1st, I bought a jar of Nutella and it's still half full. Wow. A month and a half later. Yeah. So what, what made you decide to um, do that? So last year I didn't have it in my house. And that was one of my goals for 2023 was to overcome those last few trigger foods. Not necessarily because I missed them. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want them having control over me anymore. Yeah, I want to the control power back. food, yeah. not food control me. Okay. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And so first I got ice cream. I still haven't gone back to Ben and Jerry's just because I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. But I get like fudgesicles and they're 100 calories for one. I know I can have one. It'll be satisfying. It'll be be enough for that one day. And I know I've got more for the next day. And that's, that's another thing that I learned from the podcast, you know, that abundance mindset, not restricting. And none of the stuff you guys have ever said has been totally new to me. But (laughs) I've told people before that maybe my potty mouth self just needed to hear it from other potty mouths. (laughs) Somebody who's swearing at you. (laughs) Then it gets delivered. Yeah. Just a different way of resonating and connecting with people and, and right. yeah. delivery. Like yeah. we tell people all the time, we're not for everybody. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I can have it all on one day, but then I'm going to go over my calories. I'm going to feel like shit. I'm not going to want to do my workout the next day or that day, or I can have just that little bit. It's all going to taste the same, whether you eat it today or you eat it the next day. 
and I can eat it a little bit each day and then I can see results. And I've had people reach out to me on Instagram that follow me and they're like, oh my gosh, you're eating Nutella? Yeah, I'm eating Nutella. It's only 100 calories for a tablespoon. Mm -hmm. And they go, yeah, but how do you stop at just one tablespoon? I go, I don't know. I just do. Like right now, my pre-lift snack is I'll do a protein shake. I'll do a Rice Krispie treat. And then I'll top it with a tablespoon of Nutella. (laughs) Okay. So you get some nice carbs in there for your workout. (laughs) People are like, wow, you're eating that. I go, yeah, and I'm losing weight, baby. (laughs) That's right, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Damn right. Proof is in the pudding. Right. And then the other thing I've noticed people will message me on is like, I was this way too. They expect their weight to go down every day. And that's the other thing you guys taught me. You know, your weight's not going to go down. Spikes are normal. It's part of the process. Just keep going. And I would have people message me when I would share my calendar where I'm like, yeah, my weight's sticking to it right now, but that just means a whoosh is coming. And they were like, oh, this is when I give up. I don't know how you're still sticking to it. I don't know how you're still weighing in every day. I go, I don't know. It's just become a habit. I weigh in every day. I try not to get too emotional about it. And I just go on with my day. And I do that every morning. (laughs) And then like three days after someone had sent like a message like, oh my God, that's what I do. And I, I never see results. And then three days later, I dropped three pounds and my weight had stayed about the same for like 10 days. And she's like, what, how did it drop so fast? I go, because I kept going. I didn't change my calories. Mm -hmm. I kept walking. I kept doing my lifting and eventually it's going to come down. Mm-hmm. And this is where most people are like, I'm in a plateau, right? Yeah. What do I do? I'm in a plateau. Yeah. It's like 10 yeah. fucking Should days. Should I cut right? my calories? And- oh, I don't know. Like, yeah, they're like freaking out. My day, my weight's been the same for all month. It's like, no, it's been 10 days. Yeah. That's it. Question for you about calories, Eric. I don't, we don't need to know your specific calories because other people will try to use those for that themselves. Oh, yeah. Did you, um, have you made any calorie adjustments over this year plus journey of your own? Um, how have you kind of maneuvered that? Yeah. Nothing major. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say my range now, but I started at, I want to say I was doing 2,200 to 2,300, mm-hmm. which I was like, oh my God, because I went on TDE calculator and I figured it out. And by that time I was tracking my food, I was walking. Um, my other baby steps was like, I went from no lifting weights to I did one workout a week, then I did two, then I did three, then I did four. and I guess I can out myself as the anonymous question about upper and lower body days that you had months ago. That was me because I was doing upper body, upper body, lower body, then rest and then upper body, lower body. And I saw everyone else was doing lower body, upper body. And I was just, shit, am I doing something wrong? (laughs) But you guys Mm -hmm. said it was fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Did you recalculate with more activity? So I started at 310. And that's when I was doing the 22, 2300. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, I just got sick of e- eating that much food. Like I just naturally ate less, like not a ton less. I'm still, mm-hmm. I'm not very much lower than 2200. Mm-hmm. 
So your calories are still relatively similar to where to where you started out, even a year later. And that's kind of yeah. where I was going with that because people like yeah. to think that they need to cut their calories right away. Right. Like you were consistent with the calories that you had. And I think that's what, what's important is people want to yes. consistently cut their calories or switch their calories like every other month when really you just need to stay to that same number. And even when you're like, nothing's working, I'm in a plateau, keep the course like you did. Yeah. I like how you give yourself the range too. Yeah. So the range came from Mr. Eric Roberts. Okay. The man mm-hmm. himself. Who uh, I found through the podcast. It's funny. Everyone I listen to now, I found through the podcast, basically. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you guys had on Jordan and Susan. I followed mm-hmm. them. You had on Zach, the dietitian. I'm now a member of his Patreon. Nice. I'm a member of the Cut the Crap Patreon. Thank you. I'm in Eric's group coaching the clubhouse, which is awesome. Love it. All this money I'm spending came from the podcast. But (laughs) (laughs) I I joke about it because like some people have asked me like, because at first I didn't want to spend any money on it. And that's why I like the podcast because it was free. Like you guys offered stuff, but you weren't like, oh, you need to pay for it. You were just giving out free advice. Mm -hmm. And then I was starting to add up all the money I spent on those 20,000 calorie weekends. And I was spending 150 bucks a weekend just on junk food. And I thought that was no big deal. And I, I think this is a big one for people too, is they can spend that money on junk food or eating out and it's no big deal. But if you try to tell them to spend that on exercise equipment or a training program or, you know, invest in themselves ideas Mm -hmm. and, oh no, it's this big issue. Like, no way that's too much money. How did you work through that mindset of your own? Because you kind of called yourself out on that. It sounds like, yeah, I just said, why am I spending the money and being okay just to make myself more miserable when I can save that money for things that are going to make me feel better in the long run, that are going to make me get better, get make me get stronger, make me get leaner, you know, and who cares? It's just money. It Try it out for a month. If I don't like it, I can just cancel. Mm-hmm. And so I did. Now I'm spending all this money and now I'm like, okay, how much money do I have to save to buy more weights? <laughs> what do you want to do? Yeah, right. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm in Colorado, but I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like the nearest gym to me is a 40 minute drive one way. Wow. And so there's no way I'm going to the gym on a consistent basis. So I got myself an adjustable bench. I got myself some bands. I got the adjustable Bowflex dumbbells. Amazing. Recently, I got a squat rack. Now I've got a barbell. I'm saving up for some plates. You're like this new lifestyle of mine is to get expensive, <laughs> but but you're not shying away from that. You're investing in yourself, and you don't right, see it as exactly. a, you don't see it as an expense as a cost. You're literally you like you said. You're this, these are things that are making you feel better and right. and live a better life and get closer yeah. to your goals. So it's and then it some you. people some people have reached out to me like, oh, but it's so much money. I go, but you're investing in yourself, right? But those people are probably buy ketones and fucking fat burners and all that shit, endless supplements that don't even fucking yeah. work. And then I have friends who like go out drinking all the time and they're like, oh, it's so expensive. I go, but how much are you spending on alcohol? Yeah. 
Ouch. <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're like, oh, but that's different. That makes me feel better. I go, if you need alcohol, it, to feel better, I think you might have a drinking problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I go, that's above my pay grade, but maybe <laughs> seek out some help with that because if you need alcohol to feel good, I think that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, a lot of those people don't really talk to me anymore, but you know. <laughs> you know, it's funny how your relationships change when you do start taking care of yourself right, and living right. a healthier lifestyle. Yeah. You find that those people weren't actually friends of yours. So mm-hmm. some sometimes, not all all the time, but I know when I started my own health and fitness journey over a decade ago and gave up the, the party lifestyle I was living, everybody I thought was friends. I haven't talked to them since I decided to to make that change in my life. So obviously mm-hmm. they weren't friends. They were drinking buddies. Yeah. That's that's how quite a few of mine were. And the one friend like I was like, I can be friends with you, but I'm not drinking anymore. Because I don't want to. (laughs) I grew up around a lot of alcoholics and I felt myself going down that path. And I go, no, I need to stop this before it gets bad because my relationship with food was bad enough. I didn't need to add another toxic relationship on top of that. I don't know. I just spend my money in ways that's going to improve my life. Mm -hmm. And The other big mental change for me was before I would do whatever it took to get skinny. Like I didn't care how bad it was. I didn't care what I had to eat. I just wanted to get skinny. And now I don't care how long it takes. Like when people ask me, oh, what's your goal weight? I don't really have an answer to that because I've never been thinner. Like I tell them, I just want to hit 199 and... After that, I don't really care how much I weigh. Yes, I have like this idea in my head, like I have 150 in my head, but I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know if I'm going to get to like 160 and be fine with how I look. Mm -hmm. I don't base myself on the scale anymore. And that was a huge mental shift for me. I don't care. That might scare some people what you're saying right now. And I just want to get strong now. Like my goal isn't to lose weight. My goal is to need to get more dumbbells because I'm outlifting my adjustable ones. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I want to be able to lift heavier each week, each month. Sure. Weight loss is a nice side effect, but that's basically what it is. It's just a side effect of all these new habits I have. It's not my goal that I'm chasing. My goal is to do whatever it takes to hit 90 years old and be happy and healthy and alive. And I've told people that too before, because they also, I get a lot of questions about like loose skin because I was so heavy and yeah, I do have a little bit of loose skin. It's not a ton because I'm not losing at a crazy fast pace and Mm -hmm. I am lifting weights and If I get loose skin, I get loose skin. Who cares? I can be 80 years old and live fine with loose skin. It's not going to kill me like excess fat would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think some people let the fact that they may have loose skin stop them. Yeah. You know, I I cared for a while, but now it's like, oh, well, if I have loose skin, that's that's just how the cookie crumbles. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, (laughs) I can always have surgery to remove it if I really want to. (laughs) 
Right. And people have been on this podcast themselves after losing a lot of weight. And they've done that. We've had two other guests on this podcast that have, that have actually done that. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that I will say has changed is just my mental health is so much better. And I don't know if it's because I'm nicer to myself or because I'm walking and working out and treating myself better or a collection of all those things yeah or if it's Mm -hmm. the food but i don't hate myself anymore and that's why i used to use food as you know my self-harm tool because i hated myself but i didn't want to kill myself in a different way so like food was my self-harm tool to slowly kill myself i hated myself and you know, no one's going to tell you to stop eating, or at least in my family, they're not like everyone's overweight pretty much. And so it was just, you know, I was raised by an emotional eater. And so I got the emotional eating and now I don't emotionally eat when I have a bad day, I go for a walk or I lift weights or I journal. And now, you know, my food, it doesn't control me anymore. I control the food just like I wanted. and. All these little tips and tricks I've learned through cut the crap. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You're loving yourself to health right now. Yeah. Loving yourself to health instead of hating yourself mm-hmm. to health. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. With all of this, what what has been your biggest struggle through all of this with implementing these things? I would say at the beginning, it's just forcing myself to do it. That was the hard part. Showing you up. mean like you didn't have motivation, right? Kind of thing. Right. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> making myself do it whether I felt like it or not mm-hmm. do you hear that folks <laughs> <laughs> and I did it because like I said I could lay in bed at night and my heart would just race and so I would tell myself you can either do this hard thing for 45 minutes a day or you can have a hard 23 hours and 15 minutes the rest of the day mm. love that yeah it can be hard to get out the door for that walk but it's going to be harder if I don't go for that walk and I keep struggling you chose your hard weighing food yeah that might be hard some days some days you don't feel like it but it takes what five minutes right and I mean for the people out there they're like it just takes so much time to weigh my food I mean is that is that realistic to say something like that right and so you know What I would do when I weigh my food, even to this day, like I put whatever plate or bowl or whatever I'm going to use, I put it on the scale, I tear it out, and then I put in my ingredient. I don't always have my phone with me, so I have like a little whiteboard where I write down how many grams each one. Mm -hmm. Then I'll tear it out again and I'll add the next ingredient. In the morning when I make my oatmeal, I grab my little bowl for my oatmeal. I put it on. Now, I've been eating oatmeal for breakfast like six days a week, at least since (laughs) my go to as well. (laughs) You know what? I think it's important. I think it's really uh, helps to have like something, a favorite that you eat all the time. You know, you know what's in it. You know, there's always that staples. The people that actually have the most success are the people that are really like repetitive with a lot of things that they do in that aspect, I should say. And now I can pretty much eyeball it to know, oh, yeah, there's my 64 grams of oats. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm having a frozen fruit, I'll add the frozen fruit, weigh that out, and then I'll add water. I'll have it in the microwave for two, three minutes while I'm getting out my chia seeds and my PB fit. 
and my whey protein. And then I, I do the same thing. I put the bowl back on the scale and I just add each ingredient, stir it up, add the next ingredient, stir it up, add the next ingredient, stir it up. So what you're doing is you're making this easier for yourself because you're, you're, as you're going, you're tracking and logging and just doing one step at a time. And I I know a lot of people's clients, especially struggle with this is trying to track it after the fact. And that's where a lot of people struggle. They just try to track it after the fact, but if you're tracking it while you're doing it, it makes it a lot easier. And it's just 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there, rather than five to 10 minutes. What did I eat? How much of it did I, and then you leave shit out. You forget. did Did I estimate this correctly? And if you're pouring it anyway, you might as well pour it on the scale. That way it eliminates that step. Yep. And then I eat it. And while I'm eating it, I'll enter it into my actual app. And then, you know, the same thing with my lunch. I usually have a big ass salad for lunch. Mm -hmm. So I weigh out my lettuce and then I weigh out my veggie and then I weigh out my other veggie. And, you know, I usually have like five or six veggies in my salad. And then I weigh out whatever protein I'm having because I, on Sundays, I either meal prep or I ingredient prep. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, what does your prepping situation look like? And did you try to maybe like work out like what would work best for you in that aspect, like in the planning? Like what is, what is what works best for you for that? So I started after Zach was on his episode of the podcast is when I followed him. And so I would do some of his, meal preps. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, I don't feel like meal prepping every weekend. And then that's when I saw you, Beth, you would post about your ingredient preps. I was like, oh, well, I can do that. That's easy. I'll take the same amount of time and just prep ingredients instead of whole last meals. Right. And yeah. So, you know, I would get my salad stuff and I would rinse it off and then I would put it in a bowl. And like, I have all these Tupperware containers. And then I've got, <laughs> I've got three instant pots. <laughs> nice. Get out. Each dedicated <laughs> to something, I'm assuming. So I'll put like my eggs in one and then I'll uh-huh. put my rice in one and then I'll put my, I usually do um, ground turkey just because it's a little lower calorie than ground beef. Mm-hmm. Then I'll do those three. And then in my crock pot, I'll do like chicken breast or chicken tenderloin. and then they're all done and I just throw them in packages and stick them in the fridge. <laughs> and so my veggies are chopped, my fruits chopped. Yes, I wash them. <laughs> <laughs> Before the questions come. Oh my God, that's I, I too think funny. Beth, every time I eat blueberries. <laughs> yep. You didn't wash your blueberries. Oh my God. When Beth and I were together last week, we were poking fun at each other. <laughs> it's like so funny that people are worried about what we're eating on the other side of the camera. Like fucking yeah. wash your own blueberries. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Some weeks I'll do that and I'll have them in that way. To um, track those, I'll weigh like my rice. The rice I do, I usually do a cup of rice with a cup of chicken broth. And then I'll put some of the powdered chicken tomato bouillon powder in it. And so I weigh those out and I'll add it to, because I use Lose It, not my fitness pal, just because I like the interface better. better. Yeah, I like it too. I just switched. Yeah, I used to use my fitness pal. I don't I don't know what it is about lose it. Like I know a lot of people switch because of the barcode scanner, but I don't even really use it. I just like how it looks better. 
lose it, you can find all different kinds of stuff in there. Like you can actually see like the fiber and the protein yeah. and that gives you all like the breakdown. And you do still have to watch out because once I was entering mini bell peppers and it tried to tell me I was doing like 60 grams of mini bell peppers and it tried to tell me that it had like 93 grams of protein. Was it a crowdsourced, uh, probably, entry, yeah. probably somebody from the database. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, um, well, I'm not using you as the entry. <laughs> right. Because I know that there's not that amount much protein in that amount of chicken, let alone a vegetable. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. You'd have it's to eat a lot pepper. of that vegetable to get 93 grams of protein. Yeah. <laughs> and so what I'll do is I'll weigh it out before I cook it, and then I'll weigh it again after I cook it. And when you enter the recipe, you can just enter the total grams. And so, like, for rice, that's what I'll do is I'll weigh the total grams that it's weighed after it's done cooking. And that way, when I weigh it each day, I don't have to hit a certain amount of the rice. I can just say how many grams it was, and it's going to be as close to as accurate as possible. So like, say before I cook it, let me pull it up. Before I cook it, it'll be like 300 grams or something. It's not, but just as an example. And then after I cook it, it's like 150 or whatever. And so I'll put the total recipe is 150 grams. And then when I'm doing it, if I use, you know, 70 grams of it, I'll say 70. And that way it's as accurate as possible. Like I'm sure it's still a little off, but I don't know. I don't really care about perfection as long as it's right. right. You don't, you shouldn't. Exactly. You shouldn't be worrying about those fucking minor details at all. Now, one thing I want to say, Erica, is you have been so consistent with everything that you've been doing every Friday, almost, I think every Friday yeah. like, when I wake up, I've already got you tagging us in your story because you're listening mm-hmm. to the new podcast you're while on you're your walk. Your walk. And that's what caught my attention. It's like, holy shit, she's doing this the same time every Friday. She's showing up. And it got to the point where I think if you missed one or two, we're like, what the fuck? Where was that? Where's Erica? Is everything okay? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you're that consistent and you're showing up for yourself. I've actually had people like reach out to me because they see me tagging you. And like some of them have been haters are like, oh, you're just doing it for attention. I go, no, I'm doing it. That's what I'm doing. Fuck that person. Don't be that person, you guys. Please get their attention. Like if they see it, cool. If they don't, I'm not going to cry about it. This is what we're here for. This is why we're doing what we're doing. Exactly. We can help people like you who actually took the fucking information, applied it and actually got results from it. This is why we're doing what we're doing every single fucking day. Because we want to help people. Yeah, that person saying that you're doing it for attention is is the person fuck that's that not person. doing these things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah fuck that hey, person. Go fuck yourself, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nice about it, but We're now not. I don't know. I get people ask me the same questions over and over again, and I think of you guys, and I'm like, God, they must have the patience of a saint or something because this is annoying to me, and they do this for a living like if you've seen any of our tiktok lives recently you know we're annoyed with it too (laughs) Mm -hmm. like that registered dietitian i sent you both messages about the other day who Mm -hmm. was trying to compare artificial sweeteners to the drugs to tiktok or whatever it was (laughs) yeah Yeah. fucking yeah if i had found that like two years ago that would have been a totally different story i would have been going through my pantry, throwing out every single thing. And that's why that type of messaging is so friggin' harmful. Harmful. Yeah. Then dangerous. Yep. There's a lot of bullshit out there. And 
it's bad enough just in the regular fitness and health space, but you add the fact that I have PCOS on top of it, that just adds a whole nother layer of bullshit and misinformation. Right. I've seen so many people tell me, oh, you'll only lose weight if you go keto or you have to cut out dairy or you have to cut out carbs or you have to cut out sugar altogether. And I eat dairy every day. I eat carbs every day. I eat gluten every day. Every day this week, I've had a sandwich for lunch. <laughs> everything, everything diets tell you you can't eat. Right. This is super important for people to understand is that the internet makes you feel like because you have something like PCOS or hyperthyroidism that you're absolutely fucked and you can't lose weight and you must do something fucking extreme, which is absolute trash advice. And this... Mm -hmm you know, literally makes people feel like they're fucking helpless. Um, and here you are that actually has PCOS. You are doing the thing and getting the results because you're being fucking consistent. And I think it's important for people to understand that. The doctor that diagnosed me with PCOS and when I was 310, he was like, oh, you're a lost cause. You're always going to be obese because of your PCOS. And now I kind of want to just go schedule an appointment with him. Just right middle finger <laughs> my petty ass would do that right right i would but he's in phoenix so yeah. Say, maybe does he do video consultations i don't know no, I'm just kidding. i i used to work for the doctors that used to work with him because i used to work for a group of anesthesiologists doing the medical billing and they work with him a lot so maybe if i sent one of them a message show him this picture of me right Lost cause, yeah, right? Even yeah. a doctor told me that I was a lost cause and that That's not I would always be overweight. And all he did was like, he was like, sorry, but if you ever want to have a baby, come back and I'll help you. And I hear that so often in the PCOS community is like, they either tell you to just eat less, move more, or, oh, come back and see me when you want to have a baby, which great for people that want kids, but I don't want kids. So mm -hmm. <laughs> what am I just shit out of luck? That's the other thing I hear a lot from certain family members. They've said, oh, well, you don't want kids. Why are you losing weight um, to live longer, to be happier and healthier? It's a wild thought that we don't revolve around having kids anymore for some people. Right. I even had one of my aunts get mad at me because ugh, I forget what it was, but I posted something on Facebook like, if you want kids, great, but don't try forcing me to have kids, like something along those lines, like. I don't hate kids. I just don't want any of my own. Mm -hmm. Like I spoil the shit out of my best friend's kids. I'm a great auntie, but I would be a terrible mother because I just don't have the patience. <laughs> I just know myself well enough. I would not be a good mom. And they take it as a personal, like I'm insulting them. All I'm saying is let me live my life and you live your life. And mm -hmm. those job. same people, again, they're like that with weight loss too. So <laughs> like I lost some friends because they were like, oh, well, you're losing weight and you look better than me now. Or I had one friend who was like, oh, well, I can't hang out with you anymore because you already got more guy attention than me. And now you're not fat anymore. So you're going to get it even more. And it's like, well, gee, thanks for showing me that you're not my friend. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy the amount of people who support you only when it benefits them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or they support you when you're not really making positive moves in your life. Right. right. I wasn't ever telling them to lose weight. I, I'm a very live and let live person. Like I have 
my goals and my aspirations and you don't have to agree with them. I don't have to agree with yours, but I'm going to support you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, unless you're wanting to like commit murder or something. But <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't We don't support you in that. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's just been a very life changing few years. And it's crazy because I'm only getting started. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep making these changes. I'm going to keep progressing. I'm going to keep up with these habit changes. And, you know, it was hard in the beginning to make these changes. And it was hard to keep doing it day after day, even if I didn't feel like it. But now it's a habit. I just do it. I don't think about it. I just do it. It's who I am now. Like my day starts, I get up, I go to the bathroom, I weigh in, whether I feel like it or not, I just weigh in because that's just what I do. I get dressed, put on my shoes, load up a podcast and get out the door and I do my walk. And then I come home, I have my breakfast, I have my oatmeal. <laughs> and on days I don't have my oatmeal. I feel bad that I didn't have my oatmeal because after breakfast, I'm craving the oatmeal. <laughs> and so I usually then have my oatmeal for my snack before my workout. And then I'll work. I'll have my first 15 minute break. I go on a walk on my 15 minute break. Then I have lunch. Then I work more. And then I have my second break in the day because I work from home. And I go on a walk on my second break. And then I get off work. Towards my last break is when I'll have my pre-workout snack of carbs and protein. Because it's been drilled into my head now. Carbs and protein. Fill your workout. Between the two of you and Eric, you guys are always in my head. (laughs) And then I'll go in because I have a three bedroom. So one of my bedrooms is my bedroom. Then I have my office in here and then I have my home gym. And so I'll go in the home gym. I'll do my 45 minute to 60 minute workout Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Then I'll have dinner. Then I'll go for my walk. And then it's time to wind down for bed. That's the routine. That's just what I do. And then on Wednesdays and weekends, I don't lift. Sometimes I'll do like a kickboxing video class or like I'll do Pilates or something. But honestly, those don't happen that often because it's not a priority. It's just if I have extra energy, might as well do something with the energy. So I'll do some kickboxing or if I'm extra angry after a bad week at work or I'm extra angry at someone in my life. (laughs) I don't want to yell at them. So I'll kickbox instead and get my anger out then. Love it. Love it. You're doing things you enjoy. It's nothing like exciting. It's nothing. It's no like secret weapon. There is no secret weapon. You just got to do it. If there, if there was some secret magic cure for obesity, someone would have made a profit from it by now <laughs> but yeah that's that's just what I do every Friday it's cut the crap podcast in the morning well Erica we are incredibly proud of you and happy for you and we are honored that you have made us part of your life and that that we're able to help you like this it makes me super happy yes we're very happy we, we are very happy and I'd it. actually love to get you on the podcast next year to see where you are from like a year from now, because Let's this please is, do that. Uh, you guys, this is like you're building a lifestyle that you can stick to. And this doesn't fucking take overnight. And Erica is like a, a pure example of like consistency 
and you know how this is for life not like just for a fucking moment in time consistency not perfection yes exactly you got it you got this erica (laughs) well thank you so much erica and you know where can everyone find you if if they want to follow you and see your continuous journey um yeah i'm on instagram erratically erica i'm probably gonna be the most boring account you can follow but (laughs) if you want to follow boring is good when it comes to this right Yeah, I I saw when Matt followed me, I was like, oh, that's nice. Oh, man, he's going to get bored because (laughs) every day, but that's consistency for you. Exactly. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We are super grateful. Yes. Thank you again, Erica. We're, We're excited to hear your journey. Thank you so much for sharing and keep fucking crushing it. Keep fucking crushing it. Yay. Hope you enjoyed this episode. So why not share with a friend who needs to hear it? Send us a DM on Instagram or email us at cutthecrappod at gmail.com and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash cutthecrappodcast. As always, we appreciate you and thanks for being here.